Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everyone. Today's guest and co-host is the lovely and talented Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia and I talk about her kids, the blind date that led to the kids, being married to an athlete, what it takes to deliver a believable scream, following the rules or not, deal breakers, and a lot more. First to call in for unqualified advice is Angelica, whose friend and coworker is bringing down their workplace with constant negativity. Angelica wonders if there's a way to help before the friend loses her job. Next is Simone, who, after a surprise breakup, is having a hard time moving on from her ex. To make matters worse, he keeps texting her. Thank you for listening to Unqualified and being a part of our community. If you like the show, please leave us a review or tell a friend. If you have a question and would like to talk with us, just look for the link at unqualified.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. I am so happy to see you. Did you have a baby two months ago? I did. Oh, my God. How are you feeling? Not sleeping. I haven't slept since January 27th. I'm like, when am I going to get some relief here? But I'm trying to enjoy it, too, because you know how it flies by. So I'm like, don't get upset about it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But yeah, I'd like a full night's rest. I totally feel you on that. And I have a (laughs) nine-year-old. Oh, my gosh. It goes so quick. I know. And how is he at nine? Like, what am I dealing with at nine? I think it's awesome, especially with a boy. You had a boy, right? Yeah. They're hysterical. They're funny, right? And totally adoring. Oh. Okay, so they're still like love mommy, the whole thing. Totally. Oh, good, good, Your boy is just going to be like snuggling up to you. Oh, And just like, mommy, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. Oh, because my daughter's like four and a half and she's getting sassy already. Girls are so smart, you know what I mean? Like, she's very clever. Yeah. And she gets very emotional over small things. It's interesting. I love it that you're going to have a completely different experience. I know. Well, it's kind of nice because I was like, how am I possibly going to love anything more than I love my daughter? When I was pregnant with him, I was like, will it be as strong of a feeling? I mean, what is this going to be like? And then, of course, it is. But the great thing is, is that because he's a boy, they're on totally separate pages. So I feel like it's good. Trucks are weirdly going to be a part of your life. Oh, trucks? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that is. I really don't love the idea that we're sort of gender pre-programmed in any way. Yeah, but it is. Truly, for like three or four years, when the garbage truck came, it was like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It's like major. (laughs) And it's so funny you say that because when the garbage truck recycling comes on Fridays— I remember saying to my daughter, like, Sapphire, come on outside. The truck's here. And she'd go, huh? You know, and I feel like that's going to be like a totally different experience with Fable. He'll be like, yeah! 
this is amazing. <laughs> Did you shoot The Cellar when you were pregnant? No, I found out I was pregnant on another movie, but I shot The Cellar, and it's come out late because we shot it in 2020, right before Christmas at the like height of the pandemic and pre-vaccinations. So it was sort of like testing every day, living in a bubble, two weeks quarantine prior to shooting. We were in the middle of Ireland. It was like such a wild experience to be away from my family. And I couldn't bring anyone with me because of travel bans and things like that. I don't even know how I got there, to be honest. I was like, how did we end up making this movie? It's such a wild thing to conceive and to think about because what we were up against, you know, with the pandemic. But yeah. And then I ended up in June going to Georgia and shooting a movie with Josh Demel. And I thought I had COVID then tested and I was not. But then I went, oh my gosh, wait a second. Am I pregnant? And I, oh, I found <gasps> out I was pregnant. I was like, oh my God. So then I was probably about five weeks pregnant. So I didn't say anything because I thought, oh, you know, really early in the process here. And Spoke to my husband and I just said, you know, we'll see how this goes and finished the movie like two, three weeks later, got back home and then just hunkered down and was pregnant mom for the next nine months. It was crazy. Did the isolation factor in the COVID stress during the shooting of The Cellar sort of work to your advantage? Yeah, I mean, the producers were really great about keeping the stress of that away from us as the actors, which was really amazing. And I give them all props and credit for that. But what was really great and what we did use to our advantage was the fact that we were all isolating in this bubble as a cast and a crew. So there was this real feeling of everyone very much honed in only on the project. There was not even anything open to go do after hours from work. Like, it was literally this movie 24-7 for the next seven weeks. There was not one pub available to go drink at in Ireland. Everything was shut down. But yeah, I think it did. I think it helped us really focus in and put our best work forward. And Abby Fitz, who plays my daughter in the film, it was interesting to see her and Dylan, who plays my son Steven in the movie, have to be in this sort of film world bubble as well because they're kids, right? They're young adults, but they were excited to be there. It was fun. It's a horror film. So it's always like action-y and exciting. And we were staying at this old house and it was really fun. Will you tell us a little bit about the movie? Yeah, so basically The Cellar is a horror film genre movie about a woman named Kira Woods who acquires this old scary house she doesn't realize it's scary until they move in, but her daughter goes missing. And in the process, she has to convince her husband to go on this sort of wild chase to find her. And it takes some interesting turns in that she realizes that the house has got some sort of dark evil connected to it. And yeah, it's really just a mother's journey to save her daughter. I don't know if you had this experience but I did. And I feel like a lot of actresses back in the day had this experience where you are at an audition and you hear everyone screaming. <laughs> and you're like, shit, that scream was good. Screaming is actually a very hard skill. I know. Isn't it difficult to make a scream? You have to really go for it. You got to let it rip. Like you cannot hold back. And it's so embarrassing. I know. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. But, you know, it's funny when I'm on the film, like I'm dreading those scenes, but I have to put myself in a place where I go, fuck it, you got to go for it. And hopefully you get to a point where you're tight enough with the crew that they're there to like root you on too. But my God, when you have to scream to the top of your lungs in front of 50 crew members, <laughs> it's 
so embarrassing. It totally is because it is weirdly vulnerable. Although I think I have a harder time faking laughter. Like screams. You can physically release a scream. Yeah. But to be laughing genuinely. Yeah, that's tough too. I can't tell you how much I love happy endings. Oh my gosh. Did you watch it streaming wise or did you watch it when it was out on ABC? I watched it streaming. Yeah, that's really where it belonged. It was underappreciated maybe because it was such an incredibly talented cast. The writing is so good. The writing was so outstanding, like so pop culture-y quick, fast. All the characters were very dimensional for that format. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like with sitcom, you know how important the words are, the jokes are. There's not a lot of room for, I don't know if your experience on mom was different, but I find with a sitcom, you don't fuck with a writer's words. It's surgical. It's surgical, which is amazing in its own way. But with us, it was surgical when they were writing it. And then when we get to the table read, We would give them what was on the page. But then David Cass, our creator, when we got on set, would go, let's just make sure we get one pass as is. And the writers for that particular script would be on set. And they were so open to letting us kind of go off and try whatever we wanted to try as well. So one, we had like this amazing, great base of a script that was like epic already. And then two, they were so open to letting us kind of run with it that new shit came up and it was like really cool. So no one was like super pretentious about it. Maybe that's why it had that special sauce. I don't know. But you can feel it. Yeah, that's right. There was joy. Yeah, there was a lot of joy. I mean, those table reads were hilarious. You know, the only thing that was difficult about it was that when you had the six actors riffing a lot, it would sometimes get like, let's reel it in. This is taking longer than it needs to. For sure. Let's all chill out. We don't need six versions of this. Totally. It's not getting better. (laughs) It's not getting better. We nailed it. Let's move on. And I remember the editors sending notes back to set going, if they're going to stick with one pass of this, can we have it on every angle? (laughs) Because then we change the cameras onto like me or someone else. And then we'd have our own moment and be like, this is not cutting together. (gasps) Can you guys please... And we were partying a lot. We had a lot of fun on Friday nights. Oh, That was rough. I don't know if we could have continued the show just on that. That's awesome, though. I totally binged it. Yeah. Alicia, a long time ago, I made this list of men in professions that you should not date. Okay. Magician. (laughs) Musician. Musician, second. Wow. Athlete. Okay. Chef. Yeah. So the athlete thing was less about the infidelity because that... Stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. But more about do you need to nurture them through the pain of like a loss or an injury. Yeah. I think every athlete is different. So I can't speak on you know, hockey players as a whole group, but nine years married to a professional hockey player. He's retired now, but he played for 15 years. But, you know, with Dion, I mean, I could tell if he was disappointed in a game after if there was a loss. It certainly wasn't like he shut it off to the point where it didn't exist. I think he very much was open about vocalizing that he was disappointed, but he never brought it home onto other people. It never got projected onto me in a negative way. It never got projected onto our child in a negative way. I kind of knew to sort of stay away and not push any buttons for that matter. But 
I think you can read your partner after a while to go, you know, they need some space. But no, he was so good at dealing with it on his own and in his own mind. And I think tried to process the loss and go, what can I do better the next time? And that was a personal thing for him. Those qualities made him the captain. Yeah. He's just a natural born leader. Like, it's funny. We're both the oldest of our siblings. Then the two of us together is like major older sibling energy in our house. And it's always like, we always want to plan the holidays. We always want to be organizing Christmas dinner. We want to make sure all the families, like super first child syndrome over here. I love it that you recognize that. Oh, yeah. I only have an older brother, but I am definitely the stereotype of the baby of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't have to do anything. Exactly. I'm like, I have to organize everyone's life and make sure everyone's okay. And Dion is the same. I would think that would be rough because for me, expectations are just low. (laughs) (laughs) And mine are like through the roof. I think the last like five years, I've sort of started to work on that for myself to kind of dial back. My expectations are so high. You really have to be aware of this, that you're doing this, that you're constantly wanting everyone to be happy and together and organized and sorted. You got to let that shit go. How insightful of you. I think because it was getting in my way. I think I was just wanting these perfect relationships with my siblings, with everyone in my life. And it was like, why are you putting so much pressure on yourself? So I've really started organizing that part of my life. Would you tell us how you met your husband? Oh, yeah. We met on a blind date. This was February of 2008, and there was no Instagram. So I could technically Google him. I mean, it was pretty clear that he knew who I was because we had mutual friends that wanted to set us up. And for whatever reason, they thought that he and I would hit it off. And I thought, well, this is crazy. Blind date. This is what it's come to. But you know what? Looking back, thank God, because I can't imagine what it's like to date today. I know. Not only to Google, but like to have profiles and curated Facebook pages. And like this could never happen now. But anyway, we met at a restaurant in LA. He was still playing for the Flames, but he had a game in town. And I think he had a day off right after. Anyway, we met for dinner. And we hit it off and we never stopped talking since that day. We were just sort of inseparable and we had to do long distance for a really long time. But I didn't mind it. I mean, I kind of felt like it was good because he was busy. I was busy. We were making time to see each other. And it just sort of grew from there. And I remember being on Happy Endings and we had been dating for like four years at this point. And Casey Wilson was like, when is this guy going to propose? What is this guy doing? What's he waiting for? You've been together for four years. What's his problem? And I was just like, listen, if I'm going to be with this guy forever, why am I rushing this? I'm like, Casey, it's fine. She goes, no, he needs to put a ring on your finger. This is absurd. We ended up getting engaged. I was 30, which was perfect. It was great. We had our daughter at 35. And now our son, I'm just about to be 40. Yikes. 40s are awesome. You know what? I'm really excited. I'm excited to be a young 40-something instead of an older 30-something. Each decade has been an improvement. Will you tell us about a heartbreak in your life? Mm. I'll tell you, there was a time period, and I don't know if you experienced this in your career, where I didn't work for like a whole year and a half, like almost two years. Oh, yes. And it's such a devastating time. And I think if there's any other aspiring actors or actors listening to this, where I'm sure there are, or just anyone who's wanting to make a pivot in their careers, but... 
I was coming off the high of 24 and, you know, a couple of movies like, you know, Girl Next Door and House of Wax. There was some good stuff happening. And I was getting offered a lot of one-hour dramas because of 24 to go back to TV. And that was such a big commitment. 24 episodes, eight months out of the year, night shoots for five months, 15 hours on set. I was like, I don't know if I can do that right now. Like, I just don't know if I have it in me. And so I really wanted to do comedy. That's what I wanted to do. And I just thought, this will be easy. I'll just find something that's comedic and go for it. In the process of that, realizing I could not get a comedy job to save my life. No one wanted to hire me for anything funny. I was in such a sad place. I was like, what do I do? Do I just then go on a show I don't want to be a part of? Anyway, I stuck to my guns, but I was at such a halt and didn't work because of it for a year and a half until I finally got approached to meet this like young TV creator, David Casp, for Happy Endings. And I was getting offered the straight guy role, what originally was sort of the grounded character out of all these like kooky characters. And then here I was like, bam, get on Happy Endings, which is like the most fun. So I was like, sometimes the scariest moments of your life, you can come out the other side in such a positive way. And even in relationships too, every like really bad relationship is a learning experience to come out knowing maybe now what you don't want in the next. That was one thing too with relationships for me. I was very open to the idea that that didn't work for X, Y, and Z. And we're not going to apply those things again. We're going to look for something better. I really admire that. There was this really interesting documentary that I was watching, Atlas of the Heart. Have you watched this? No. On HBO? It's all about emotional connections with other people and how we don't communicate our emotions well enough because we don't have the language to do so. I totally believe in that. This series breaks down the simplest things, but yet so profound. Like, it was so funny in this series. They asked, like, I don't know, 80,000 people to name three emotions. It was like happy, sad, and pissed off. <laughs> Those were the three emotional words that everyone was using. And it was like, if we don't understand our own emotions, we can't have a healthy relationship with someone else in a way that we should. It's a very interesting series. You should check it out. It's really good. I will. I love that kind of shit. Okay, can I ask you some deal breakers? Oh, yeah, the deal breakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring it. You have to imagine that you're single. Single. Childless. Yeah. So these are my, like, red flags. Yeah. Okay, you're on a first date. Mm-hmm. Your date believes they were abducted by aliens when they were younger. That's not a deal breaker for me because I— <laughs> This is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie in the early 90s called Fire in the Sky? No. Oh, God, don't do it. Okay. It's really scary. But it's based on a true story about a guy who gets abducted by aliens. I mean, it's legit. From the time I was 13, after that movie, thought aliens were after me. I literally thought I was going to get abducted by aliens until I kind of matured and realized that was ridiculous. But I have such a fear of extraterrestrials and that whole concept. So if he said that, I'd be glued to my seat, all ears. I'd want to hear every detail. So no, not a deal breaker. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Okay, on the first date, they tell you they borrowed a dog for their social media photo. I'm out. No, no thanks. <laughs> All right. That's weird. That's BS right there. I don't do BS. No, 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 no. No, that's sad. Bye. <laughs> okay, they're training to free climb El Capitan in Yosemite. 
It's not a deal breaker, but I'm like, that's a person who's very extreme. It's a specific personality type. Exactly. Too extreme. They use the 10 items or less line with 15 items. You know what? I hate rule breaking. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it for myself. But that's not a deal breaker because I feel like that would be Dion. (laughs) That would be like, Dion would probably be like, no one's in the line. It's fine. No one's here. Let's just do it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't. I'm not a rule breaker. Me too. Like I get incredibly anxious. Very uncomfortable. They wear sweats to your date. Ew. (laughs) No. Why? (gasps) They have a sex doll in their car so they can use the carpool lane. (laughs) Nah, deal breaker. I don't know, that's weird. They cry every time they watch The Bachelor. First of all, watching The Bachelor is a deal breaker for me. Really? I don't like it. Oh, Elisa. I know, I'm Uh, sorry. No, no, it's like a cultural fascination. You have to embrace that idea. I know, I know. Listen, when I was working on the ranch, Ashton Kutcher and Mila, they were obsessed with that show. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll go home. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to watch it this week. So when I get to set, I'll be in the Cool Kid crew. So I turned it on and I went, yeah, I'm out. I didn't even make it to the first commercial break. I just couldn't do it. I don't like the idea of like, you get your pick of 15 women. It's just so wacky. What is this? This doesn't make sense to me. It's so wacky. But for me, I like the duplicity. Okay. There's a lot of talk about the journey of love. There's a (laughs) lot of talk about like they think they could fall in love. Right. I guess I just never bought into it all. I should probably go in with a silly, lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to talk with Angelica. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Angelica. Hi. Hi. Angelica, you're here with Alicia, who is just a gem of a person. And thank you so much for your letter. Will you tell us what's going on? Yeah. So I work at this small restaurant in a mountain town. There's a small crew of people. We're pretty tight. We get along with the front of the house, the back of the house. I work in the front of the house. And most of the staff there has been there for a short amount of time, about a year or two. And there's one person that's been there for about 10 years. And she's seen a lot of people come and go. And so I think she's seen a lot of highs and lows. And recently, at least since I've been working there, she's been pretty negative about 
a lot of components in the restaurant, like how it's run. She tends to be a little bit snarky about coworkers, people who are in upper management. And this sort of permeates into the shift. So whenever you approach her, she tends to throw some sort of negative-ism into the conversation. And I find that to be pretty exhausting and awkward because it obviously can affect moods within the restaurant, including my own. So other people have also sensed this energy with her too. And on the flip side, she's also really wonderful. She's charismatic. She has a lot of personality. She's charming. She's witty. She's wry. And so I struggle with the fact that I like this person, but I also find her at work to be pretty toxic. I mean, I do end up walking away from these conversations a lot and just sort of let them go and try to change the subject. But I also find that kind of energy really does affect the group. It affects my night sometimes where I'm like, can we please just not go in that direction? I also don't want to aggravate her too much. Like I have to work with this person in professional proximity. So I wonder if you've ever experienced this and how you've dealt with people like this, basically. Not well. (laughs) I know, I know. It is so tough when someone is like fucking with the vibe. And if you have to walk on eggshells around them because they're unpredictable, if they're creating drama, anybody who requires delicacy or like that much attention. Yeah. Yeah. You write, I think, in your letter that you are an assistant manager. Right. So that position just actually changed. I stepped down by choice. It wasn't really my vibe anymore. I was just feeling a little bit too much pressure. So now she's more of a coworker. Okay. And who else notices this? I think that everybody notices it to a certain extent. And a lot of people just kind of accept it as part of her personality. Because like I said, she is charismatic. She's really lovely sometimes, you know, when she's outside of the work, when she's in a great mood. But like, again, every conversation kind of comes back to some sort of negative component about the restaurant. I love it that you are so generous with her. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Right? You're giving her credit, which you don't necessarily have to do. You're still finding good qualities. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that says a lot about you. Thanks. And you enjoy your job? Yeah, I do. I like my job a lot. I mean, I've only met at this restaurant for a year, but I've been in the industry for pretty much decades at this point. And I do like my job and I don't want to lose it. I don't want her to lose her job either. I just kind of am like, look, girl, if you're not happy here, then maybe you should make a change so that you're happy or accept things for what they are. But again, like I don't want to ruffle feathers because I have to maintain a professional relationship with this person. Can you give us an example of like what she focuses her negativity on? Is it like customers? Is it coworkers? Is it everything? It's usually upper management and how things are run. We can't get somebody to do this right, or we can't get somebody to do that right, or they ask me to do this and I don't know what they mean, stuff like that. So it's mostly about the organization, the restaurant as a whole. Is that something that's in her job description to be able to sort of delegate or change? Because if it's not, I'd say, listen, don't worry about things that, you know, we can't control. You know what I mean? Like if it's not in her realm to fix, then why is she stressing over it? I think it has to do, again, with how long she's been there. Oh, so like seniority, the 10 years. Yeah, like I just think she's seen so many different versions of the restaurant that she keeps comparing them. And I think that honestly, she may have been there for too long at this point where she's unable to get past things that she can't really control. And she doesn't have like a managerial role or anything like that. No. Mm. Are you the one that she leans on? I think that she talks to everybody because everybody kind of hears these things, but we are closer in age. I'm in my 40s. She's in her 40s. 
most of the people there are in their like 20s. So I do think that there might be a certain level of confidence, but in all honesty, probably not. She's pretty open about how she feels about things with pretty much everybody. Is she unhappy in her personal life? I don't think so. I mean, I can only tell you what I really see, but I think for the most part, she seems okay. She does talk about how she has a lot of anxiety. And she talks about how like she doesn't get a lot of sleep. So I think maybe things just bother her a lot. And this is something that she can't let go of. In your letter, you write that it keeps you awake. That sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're trying to figure her out. You're racking your brain trying to figure out why she's so negative and all this. But I think sometimes people that take a lot of control or feel they need to be in control are the ones that are suffering from the anxiety, right? Because they think control is a way to help with the anxiety, but really it's not. We're never really in control. It's an interesting thing where maybe when you look at when she starts becoming negative and she starts trying to suggest things and control the situation, you just kind of internalize that she's having a moment, she's having anxiety, you know, and then you can kind of not look at it as a negative thing, but something that she's going through emotionally. I agree with that. And I guess... I'm concerned about a confrontation. I don't want to get like upset one day and kind of just get pushed to the brink and be like, look, can we not talk about this anymore? And then it become tense or weird because I do not want to deal with that in my professional realm. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, like again, I feel like I have to grieve too. (laughs) Right, yeah, completely. I was a waitress at an old folks home (laughs) when I was in college. Man, that was a fucking tough job. <laughs> oh, God. five twenty-five an hour, no tips. <laughs> no tips. I was going to say, you probably got no tips. Or you got like 25 cents. Granted, there was only like two <laughs> meal options. <laughs> you probably left like four dimes on the table. <laughs> if you were lucky. Yeah. Are you an older sibling by any chance, Angelica? Yeah, I am actually. Yes. Yes. There it is. There (laughs) it is. There it is. That's your need to want to keep everyone cool, (laughs) calm. Well done. You nailed it, right? Like that's where I have to work on too because I'm like the oldest and that energy just keeps me up at night, just like you're saying. And I had to learn to start letting how other people are reacting and feeling like I cannot internalize that anymore. That's their emotional stuff be it good or bad. And I really have to let that go because I would get confrontational. Mm. I would put my two cents in and go smarten up. And that's really not where you want to go because anytime that ever happened, it never came out good on the other side of it for you or her. Do you know what I mean? So you're right in your instincts to go, I don't want to get to a point where I get so upset that now I'm going to start, you know, telling this girl where to go. Yeah. Especially in the workplace, right? And I think it's really amazing that you recognized that you didn't love being the assistant manager. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's really nice of you. Yeah, it was a really great learning experience, but I know that I'm happier existing on a different level in the restaurant and that is okay and walking away from the stuff. And it is easier for me to walk away from stuff like this when you're a manager of something. I feel... (laughs) that you're in charge of a lot of people's happiness. So I was like, wow, I want everybody to be happy, but ultimately I'm in charge of my happiness and they're in charge of their happiness. Exactly. Did she resent you for having that position? I don't think so. She was actually pretty supportive of it. She's always been kind to me. She really always has been. When she starts going off, what do you do to change the conversation? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely tried to redirect the conversation maybe towards, hey, let's be uplifting towards each other in an otherwise 
kind of crazy, weird time, you know? Yeah. Because I was thinking like, God, do you write her a note? But that feels very formal. Yeah. Mm. And that feels kind of loaded. Like she may take that as like, oh my God, I got a letter. You know what I mean? The drama doesn't necessarily need to be cultivated. You have to practice as hard as it is. If you don't emotionally have the time or the energy to do it, my advice would be to try to stay far away as possible. But in the times where you feel like you do have it in you and she's going to a negative place, I would just keep considering her anxiety as something that she's dealing with. And when the negativity comes up, instead of it taking you to a place where you get upset about it, you go, oh, she's obviously in a moment and dealing with something and try to just brush it off. And I bet that she's feeling, which can be aggravating for people of this personality type, that people are not gravitating towards her. Mm. You know what I mean? So then that sometimes almost encourages the negative behavior. I wonder if you could kind of kill her with compliments. Right. If you're like, oh my God, I love that thing. Or you look awesome. If she starts to go on a rant about upper management, not scheduling shifts well, or why don't we have this thing on the menu or whatever it is, I wonder if you can just be like really playing a character. I like that. I really like the whole positive thing and reinforcing all the things that I do actually like about this person because I don't think that she's a bad person. I truly don't. I think that she's stuck in a rut. I think that's a really great idea, actually, to just give positive reinforcement in an otherwise negative conversation instead of placating her, acquiescing to this negativity or walking away. I think you are a really strong, generous person. I think you are giving her the benefit of the doubt in a way that a lot of people wouldn't. And that is really amazing of you. Thank you. Thank you. You don't want her... To get fired. Mm -mm. Do other people want her to get fired? No, I don't think so. I think that upper management is aware of her perspective and she has been questioned. And I think that they're suggesting maybe you need to make some choices because it is starting to affect the overall professionalism in the restaurant, particularly with her. Man, I remember a job where I was working with an actor who really brought me down. It was so consuming and it took a lot of my attention. I constantly had to have my guard up. Unfortunately, Angelica, even trying to distract her with compliments will take a lot of effort. Yeah, try it and see if it changes the tone. It's worth trying. But like I said, if that doesn't work, because you never know, she may not even listen. You know, she may not even hear it. If that doesn't go over well, then I would suggest just not letting yourself get to a place that you're upset to the point where there'd be any confrontation and just sort of see it as maybe her inability to control her anxiety. I find if you can see things in that way, that people are dealing with things that are out of their control, we start to sympathize as opposed to get upset. Negativity can really bring in more negativity, but if you're looking at it through eyes of sympathy and compassion— you won't get there. You won't get to that place of aggression or upsetness, you know? Right. And that has happened in the past where somehow it's kind of gotten in there and plagued a person. Thank you. Those are really nice things to say. I do appreciate it being a slightly more passive way of confronting this rather than an aggressive way. I don't want to hurt her feelings. And I know she's not trying to hurt my feelings. I think she's just caught up in her own crap, basically. Would it be insane to ask upper management if there was like a cake or something to celebrate her decade of being there? No, that seems really nice. I think that maybe she needs a little gratitude. 
I think you're right. That's actually a great idea. I think maybe she feels like a little invisible and it's starting to like eat away at her confidence. That could be really good. It maybe would feel for her just that renewed appreciation that everyone needs. Yes. I love that idea. I love it. It's moving forward. It's not moving backwards. It's not being judgmental. It's saying like, we still value you despite the fact that you've gone through a lot of stages here. You're here for a reason. We want you to be here. You're right. Like maybe just kind of revitalizing her importance within the company would make her feel better and just uplift her too. Yeah. Great idea. Good. I'm so glad I landed on something. (laughs) You did. That was solid. Angelica, I think that you're just remarkable. And I love it that your goal is to have like an awesome workplace. We're spending all this time at work. How do we enjoy it? Mm -hmm. I mean, believe me, I gave thought to being like, what would happen if this person wasn't here? And it actually really upset me because I thought this person is struggling. I like want her to be happy. I really do. I want her to be happy in this environment where she is. If she, for some reason, was let go, I just feel like that would be an injustice to all the time that she's put in there. That would make me feel really terrible. And I want her to succeed. I want her to feel happy there. So all this positive reinforcement that you're speaking of really resonates with me personally. Do you think that upper management would be receptive to this though? Yes, I do think that because I know that they value her as well and they want to see her succeed. The restaurant that I work for, it's really, really awesome. I'm sad that she doesn't see the things that I see, but they are really supportive of keeping people around. So let's do this together. Let's make this work. That's awesome. I really want to go visit an awesome restaurant. Alicia, would you feel like taking a road trip in the next year? I could use a road trip. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for listening to everything. I really appreciate your support and your kindness. Thank you for writing. And I really appreciate how thoughtful and empathetic you are. Hopefully that'll keep the negativity out for about a month. I know. I know. That's my fear too, is that it won't last. I know. Or that it like makes it worse. (laughs) That's my fear. Like, then she becomes even more of a monster. I don't know. That's why I'm so curious how the cake goes because I'm like, it's either going to do exactly what Mm. we're all saying and hopefully just give her that extra boost of confidence. But then the other part of me is like, it might turn her into a monster. Maybe. We'll see. It's worth a try. Thank you so much, Angelica. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Alicia, you give wonderful advice and you might be right about the backfire. I didn't think about that. (laughs) No, but you know what? It's good. She was so sweet. I know. She's cool too. Someday I'll tell you about my coworker. Oh yeah, I got a few of those as well. I bet. I was going to say, there's no way you're giving them a cake. You'd rather roll over or die than give them a cake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would. It's funny, you know, artists, I think, too. It's like you meet some really interesting people and a lot of tortured people. So it can be very interesting work environments that we deal with. But, you know, when you mentioned the cake, you know what I kept thinking about was, have you ever had a birthday on set? And they bring out a cake. And I always get so embarrassed. Me too. I'm always like dreading the cake. I don't know. How do you feel about the cake when it's your birthday on set? I don't love it. I love the gesture. It's that weird thing, though, sometimes like it's too much attention. 
as actors, we already have like all eyes on us all the time. Exactly. It took me a long time to realize that it was beneficial for me to just tell people that I needed to go pee. You know what I mean? Right. This is the easier route to just say, I'm 10-1 and guys. Yeah. It's interesting with like social media and stuff. I don't even like taking pictures. Like, I don't like taking pictures with family. I mean, I do it. But, you know, when you go to dinner and it's like, oh, we should capture this. I'm like, I don't need that. I think because on such a daily basis, the energy is always directed towards us in so many ways. Yeah, that extra bit feels indulgent. Completely. Okay, so now we are going to talk with Simone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hi, Simone. Hey. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for your letter. You're here with Alicia Cuthbert, who is just awesome. She is so lovely. Hi. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Simone, will you tell us what is going on? Yeah, so I was dating a guy for three years, and we lived together for two and a half of those three years. And this past February, he came to me and was like, you know, I'm thinking about going on my own and being single for a little bit. I kind of just need some time to think about what I want in life. And in my mind, everything was so perfect. And I thought I was going to be spending my life with this person. So I was kind of just in shock. You were totally blindsided. Totally blindsided. Completely. Yeah. And yeah, in my mind, I thought everything was so good. And I guess he was feeling like that for a while now. And I had no idea. So... He moved out and for a while we were still hanging out as if we were still together, but not living together. And then it felt nice in the moment. And then I kind of recently, since I wrote the letter, have stopped talking to him because I feel like I need to move on from that. So I'm just here. It was almost like we were together, but not living together. Oh man, that is really messing with your emotions. Yeah, it was. So as of this week, I cut it off and we haven't spoken in a week. And that's the longest we haven't talked in our three years of being together. How does that feel? It's really hard, but I think it's better this way. I don't feel so confused. Good for you for (laughs) resisting temptation. That takes a lot. It's hard. 
So I deleted all our conversations. Wow. <gasps> I haven't blocked him, but I deleted everything. I'm going to move out of our apartment that we shared. Good. <laughs> yes. Just trying to move on, but I still feel that love for him. So I'm just looking for some insight on how to move on. You're going to feel that love because this was not your decision to cut this off, right? Your feelings are not where his feelings are at. So it's okay to still feel like you're in love with this person. It's going to take a lot of time and maybe even until, you know, someone else sort of comes along that can kind of occupy that space. It's going to be difficult and allow yourself to be okay with that, right? Yeah. But like we were saying, that takes a lot of strength to not go back to the well. Is he bugging you though? Because I find sometimes like the guy breaks up with you, but then thinks it's okay and that you're emotionally strong enough to like go to lunch. Exactly. What is that? Why do they do that? (sighs) And it's like, of course, I'm not going to say no. Right, because you're in love. Yeah. It was like that for a few weeks. And recently I was like, I don't think I should be doing this no matter how good it feels in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. I commend you for your strength. When my boyfriend dumped me out of the blue, I stalked him, Simone. (laughs) I followed him. And I was like in this state of disbelief. You know, I just thought we were going to be together forever. And it was really hard for me to digest. I really commend you for your strength. Thank you. And do you find your brain kind of like going through the hamster wheel of what clues was I missing? Yeah, I do that all the time. Like, what was I missing? But looking back, there was really no signs that he was feeling that way. And even when we broke up, he was like, you know, I still love you. And I can see us getting back together. But oh, God. Oh, Yeah. Oh, rude. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe I can wait for him, but I can't be waiting forever. No, and it's not fair for you to be kind of put in that position of like such uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, do I date? Yes. Do I keep him on the sidelines? No. But now I'm at the point where I date. Yes, date. I think for a while I was like, no, I don't think I'm ready to date. But I think it's kind of time to start looking elsewhere. (laughs) I am so impressed by your week of cutting off. That is a long time. Well, since Sunday. So technically, what, five days? Still. (laughs) It has felt so long. I know, I bet. You know, if I were in your shoes, I would have to like tell myself all the time, don't text him, don't text him. Yeah, all day, don't text him, don't text him. And on Sunday, I sent him one last final text like, I'm done for now. And he never responded. That's rough, but it's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he's definitely showing his hand. Yeah, you're right. I definitely think boredom and contemplation is the enemy right now and should be suppressed. Yes. (laughs) So I do think you should start dating. You're probably not going to find anybody you like for a minute. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, don't put any pressure on that. Yeah. Can you go, like, get some girlfriends together? You got to get, like you said, get distracted. Yeah, that's what I try to do. I try to hang out with all my girlfriends all the time. But yes. it's those moments, you know, where I'm alone at home, where I'm just like, you know. I know. <laughs> I think I need more distractions. <laughs> Suddenly sleeping in a bed alone, it's... Uh, yeah. Who's your emotional support? Like, is your family supportive? My family is supportive. They don't live nearby. My friends are really supportive, too. I have a lot of close friends that 
helped me out a lot. So it's been fine. I have a lot of support, but I also think moving out of the apartment will help a lot too. Yes, (laughs) totally. And have you found a place? Found a place. I actually got approved for a place yesterday. Good. So that's exciting. Yeah. For a while, I was not wanting to move because I feel like moving makes it more real, you know? So I think I just had to pull the trigger on moving as well. And that'll be a new atmosphere, a new change of pace and you're going to see once you get into that new spot, that's going to probably really help the healing process and push you further away from that pain. And you can start a new chapter. Think of it as fresh new chapter for yourself, because any little thing that can kind of propel you forward and out of, you know, sort of the sadness, because that's not going to be easy. Yeah. And Alicia's right, like about the time, you know, sadly, it is like a wound. Yeah. Yeah. I do believe that heartbreak and breakups ultimately make us more empathetic people. Yeah. But I think it's incredible that you are already like six months ahead of schedule. Yes, be proud of that. (laughs) Yeah. Simone, what happens when, like, let's assume if he is like dating somebody else, that doesn't work out and he wants you back. During the times that we were hanging out as friends, I would always bring it up. Like, how would you feel if we got back together? We can take it slow. And he would just always be like, oh, I need more time. I need more time. And I just kept getting rejected every time. So I was like, nope, I'm done asking. Oh, you know? yeah. If he wants to get back together, it's up to him at this point. <laughs> but- I'm so <laughs> glad that you are like protecting your heart. Yeah. Yeah. If that scenario does come up, I think by the time that happens, you'll probably be past it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think you just got to be kind to yourself and keep yourself busy with your girlfriends and try and find things to do. And I think this new place is going to be awesome for you. I think so too. Me too. I was going to say, if you're not moving spaces, then maybe redecorate or try to like make the space totally new if you can't. But you're totally moving environments, which is like so healthy for this new rebirth, this new change in who you are, you know? Yeah. Thank you. If he does text you, like miss you thinking about you or whatever, I hope for you to have the strength to resist. So don't text him back. (laughs) Or just say, I'm really trying to heal from you. Yeah. With all due respect, you decided to end our relationship. It wasn't on my side of things. So please give me the space I need Mm -hmm. to not send me, you know, mixed signals. Let me really heal from this. Be very transparent. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, like, that happens. And she's right. They want their cake and eat it, too. They want to end the relationship. But they love the idea that you're still in love with them. That's right. I would just say when that moment happens... Just be ready to say and be truthful that right now, it's not easy to just be on the friends page with you because I have to get over this, Yeah, you know? And until I'm strong enough for just us being friends, I will circle back to you. Yeah, that's right. For a while, I thought maybe we can be friends, but it doesn't work. No. No, it's strange, right? Yeah. Yeah, you don't need your heart played with like this. Yeah. I'm really excited for this new beginning. Yeah. Even though you felt like he was your best friend and everything, there were clearly things that could have been closer between you two. You know what I mean? And I'm excited for you to find that person that is like, oh my God, I want to wake up next to you every day. I know. And I think what goes on in my head, I'm like, am I going to find someone that I mesh with as well? Yes. Yes. Even better. (laughs) That was going to be the other thing I was going to say is that I know it's hard to fathom or imagine in the moment now because you're in healing mode. 
But honestly, I am a real big believer in everything happens for a reason. We don't always understand what the reason is in the moment. Sometimes it's very clear. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad guy. But it's not always clear until later, until you're in this new, healthy, exciting relationship and you go, oh my God, there was so much sort of just mediocre or wrong with that. Yeah. Like, thank God, this is where I'm at now, you know? So look forward to the excitement of the next relationship because- I mean, what's not more exciting than the start of a new relationship, right? Yeah, you're right. That's always the best. It totally is. You need to feel that beautiful euphoria. Everyone should. Yeah. And Simone, you are gorgeous. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love how strong you are and you're like smiling through this yeah. hardship, which shows what personal strength you have. And I want someone to be like just worshiping you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. The other thing too is, one time I was getting out of a rough relationship and I think in the moment when you're most vulnerable to make that text message or to reach out, what I would do is I would sit down and instead of grabbing your phone, go into your notes or grab a piece of paper if you're old school like me and actually write it down. Write down the things that you want for your next relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's start asking what we want and what we need for our next relationship so that the energy is directed to something in the future and not throwing back to the past. That's perfect. <laughs> that is so wise. We have such a tendency to romanticize our past yeah. in a very positive way or a very negative way. When the truth is that it's so much more complicated than that. And I love that advice, Alicia, of like, yeah, how much fun can we have for the next journey? Right. And sometimes you put those things out there and you manifest your life in that way. And, you know, amazing things happen. And you're really clear going forward. You know, you want someone who's ready to commit. You want someone that's going to be more stable. Like, all of those things. So in that moment of weakness, because it's going to happen, we're all great right now chatting as like, you know, girlfriends doing our thing right now. But like, as soon as we get off the phone, you get back into that space at any point yeah. that you start feeling, you know, weak again to maybe answer that text message or maybe reach out or wonder what he's thinking. Like you said, we fantasize about, oh, maybe he's not well. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So Simone, when you say that he was your best friend and everything... I just want to make sure that you don't over-romanticize the past. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Nurture yourself. You are amazing. And I'm really sorry that this happened so abruptly yeah. and like truly the rug being pulled out from under you. I can't begin to tell you how impressed I am about the five days. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't feel that long. Keep it going. Yes. You got this, girl. You got this. Yeah, keep going. You must have a lot of people who really love you for good reasons, you know? Mm -hmm. I do. I really do. Man, you're handling like a champ. Your podcast helps a lot. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank you. Just hearing other perspectives about relationships, it helps so much just listening. I'm just really grateful that people want to talk to us about stuff. And I'm really grateful that our listeners can hear that essentially we all have the same problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you. I'm thinking about you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate both of you. Bye. 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 Alicia, you give wonderful advice. 
Thanks. What a sweetheart. Oh, poor thing. I know. I can't tell you, though, how impressed I am. Oh. Your love, your empathy, you are just a gem. She was so smiley for someone that was in such a tough spot. I know. I wonder if as women, we're sort of trained a little bit to be like, let's smile through the pain. Yeah. I don't anymore. No, I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Too tired. We have kids. Yeah, exactly. We got kids. Alicia, thank you so much for doing this today. Thank you. Congratulations on your baby. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully I'll start sleeping through the night. And thank you for having me on again. You're a sweetheart. I adore you. Thank you so much. I adore you too. Bye. 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 